0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to Great Iron Blitz. 355. Oscar Lopez in the house alongside In a bit here, the Hall of Famer, Utah Falcons, WFC Hall of Famer, Holly Custis. We're going to break down college football championship, Ohio State versus Alabama. Uh, In about an hour, we got Nate Ward coming in here, dissecting the NFL divisional round. In about 40 minutes, Holly and myself are going to break down Super Wild Card weekend, the Browns upsetting Pittsburgh, the Rams taking care of the Seahawks, and the the class of TB12 versus um, Drew Brees. And in an hour, we're going to have 2017 IFAB Team USA champion and pioneer Coach Tony Fuller in the house to break, it, break down some NFL stuff, including women's game, the state of the game. So jam-packed two hours of the Gridiron Blitz. So buckle up. We're going to be here for two hours. So powered by monkeyknife5.com. So if you haven't gone up to monkeyknife5.com, free $5 game on sign-up with the code NJF. Monkey95 contests revolve around whether or not players will achieve a certain benchmark, so there's no daily fantasy pressure like on FanDuel, or go there right there, monkey95.com, use the code NJF, and get started today. So let's bring in the Hall of Famer here so we can dissect this uh, college football championship. Holly, uh, no shocker here, we've pretty much figured out Alabama was going to what's going to run with it. Right.
2: Yeah, it's not, um, it's not shocking. I think, um, you know, people were hoping that Ohio state would hang in there and uh, uh, make a game of it. I think um, when uh, the running back for Ohio state uh, sermon, um, uh, when he went down, I think that was a terrible sign because uh, like I've said earlier in the year, Ohio State goes as far as their their running game goes. The more effective mm-hmm. their running game has been, the less pressure is on Justin Fields, and the more effective their passing game has been. Um, and so earlier in the year, they weren't looking out strong, and that was mainly, I think, because their running game uh, was not consistent. And then the last uh, couple of weeks, and including in the um, Big Ten Championship and against Clemson, the running game, was just destroying people, and that took the pressure off fields, and then he um, had more time to, to throw the ball deep downfield and get those big chunk plays that, uh, that um, were killing Clemson. And so when he went down, I think it was like the first or second play of uh, the game, that was a terrible uh, sign. Um, you know, Ohio State's defense has not been very consistent this year, so if they were going to beat Alabama they needed their offense to sustain drive uh, and to put up points and for a minute there they were hanging in there and then the wheels kind of fell off and then they could not cover Devonta uh, Smith to save their lives but to be fair to them nobody really could the whole year anyway Um, so you know towards the end the wheels just kind of fell off but I I think at the end of the day, this is an extremely talented Alabama team. When you uh, combine Najee Harris and Smith and Waddle, that's a lot of weapons. And if you're not winning with those guys and something's wrong, Um, so hats off again, Alabama. We're not surprised, uh, of course, but uh, um, here they go again. And and it's up to everybody else to, to knock them off next year.
1: Uh, most people were saying, okay, well, they played almost a full schedule where Ohio State didn't play a full schedule, so that could have been a factor as well. Right. But then we also have some COVID concerns as well before the game, so
0: right. you know that's right. like
1: strap, you know, going up against a juggernaut, and then you're you're hammered and you're still hindering, and on top of that, your your big uh, running back, you know, obviously doesn't show up because of injury. Uh, that that really just you know put a a damper on on the night, basically for the Ohio state fanatics,
2: yeah, you definitely had some disadvantages that uh, were falling uh, for Ohio State in order for Ohio State to win this game, they needed their their margin of error was small, and that margin kept getting smaller when you talk about like the issues they were having with Covid and a couple of their uh, key guys on defense weren't there, and so that's an issue, Um, you know. But I, I really think it's it's the running game. When they weren't able to have that threat consistently out of the backfield that they had the previous two games, that made it easier for Alabama's defense. And not put Master Teague is a slouch, but I don't think he, when he was running um, with Ohio State early in the year, I don't think he was as effective or as dominating um, as Sermon was. So I, I think really not having him back there hurt Ohio State's offense. Their defense was already going to be at a disadvantage. So they, they needed their offense to be able to keep up. And unfortunately for them, that margin of error just collapsed at the end.
1: Holly, uh, best team ever? Do we start the debate right now? Um, You know, Burrow and LSU were were pretty good. Um, Now we have the debate here. I mean, we could have debates, you know, in every format. But do we put this team, this Alabama team, up for debate as one of the best teams ever?
2: I think offensively, they're in the conversation. I think when you're talking about best team ever, it's extremely hard to uh, make that um, argument when it just happened you don't have the benefit of perspective. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I saw a meme the other day when they were talking about, you know, previous Alabama classes. And I think we have to kind of wait a few years to see how these guys do at the next level. Um, but in this moment in time, I think offensively that they're one of the best that I've seen. Um, and I think that is going to be um, you know, a challenge for somebody like Matt Jones who had a terrific year, but there, there's going to be questions about him going to the next level of, okay, well, what happens when you're throwing to receivers that are not, they don't have the um, the difference in talent um, against the other team that you're playing uh, in the NFL that your receivers did in college? So what does Matt Jones do when his receivers? don't have that advantage and they're, they're not named Waddle and Smith and you don't have Najee Harris, like what happens then? So that that's a challenge for Matt Jones going into this um, draft class. And I think he's still going to get drafted fairly high and I think he'll get an opportunity, um, but stuff like that, you don't know because it just happened. And so I think we have to kind of, we have to wait to get that perspective.
1: Yeah, I think it's a, a it's a good point you make because, We don't know reality at this point, like, how they're going to pan out. Um, But Nick Saban continues to win, Uh, Holly. So, you know, do we, we, like, does he evolve? You know, obviously he's evolving with every type of, you know, different class that he gets in, and he's still winning. So, I mean, do we put him as, like, one of the greatest coaches in college football history now? Like, stamp it in?
2: I think so. I think Nick Saban – has a few things going for him as far as that conversation. Number one, he wins, right? So that's obvious. He won at LSU, I think, one title and several with Alabama. And the thing that he does extremely well is he recruits the hell out of everybody. And that is, you know, like we talked about before in college football, if Mm -hmm. if you're talking about why are the same three or four teams always here at the end, It's the same three or four teams that are dominating the recruiting. And so it goes hand in hand. The the more talent you have when you get to these uh, later rounds, so to speak, uh, the better off you are, right? And so McFabian's not only able to recruit those guys, he's able to develop them as well, and then he's able to develop coaches. Like every year there's Alabama coaches coming in and out and in and out because if you are – it's kind of like going right now in this moment in time. And again, we don't have the perspective um, that we will later down the line, but right now, if you're involved in the Alabama like football program, that's like going to Yale for business or law. Like once you have that yeah. Alabama attached to you, you can go anywhere. And so these coaches are coming in, you know, getting their feet wet, learning from Nick Saban and, and bouncing for great opportunities. And he's able to, to, uh, you know, replace those guys that are leaving with people that are just as as talented. And so the fact that he's able to to kind of keep that going is is remarkable. He's learned how to adapt. You know, some of the stuff offensively um, that he's that they're doing now that Alabama would not have done. You know, maybe ten years ago. So he's adapted, and so I think that's the uh, the thing that I can say about him. And then the other side is defensively, he's very creative as well. And so yes, I do think you have to have him in that conversation. And I and even though it's annoying if you're not an Alabama fan that they're winning all the time and, and I get it, um, you have to respect the fact that he's there year after year because it's extremely hard to do.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it's I think it's a kind of like a, a credit to him. The fact that he can adjust and and kind of build together and build it every season, because, you know, obviously some of his players get drafted really high in the the NFL draft and that leaves an open hole. But it looks to me like he's able to, like you said, through the recruiting maneuver, um, you know, the offenses and the defenses and special teams and really put next man up up. And so it, it really shows in terms of his durability and then the longevity in terms of the program being so successful. So uh, we also are going to have Dale Glossinger here of American football events. It's going to uh, feature uh, for us the 2021 calendar in terms of what's happening with the um, AFE women's all-stars. Um, they're going to be taking on um, WTFL women's tackle football league in, on January 16th. Um, they will be taking on them and some of the, AFB All-Stars are, you know, some of them are WFA All-Stars as well. Uh, They're WNFC All-Stars and other leagues as well that transit onto the American Football um, Events All-Star Women's Squad. So we'll have Dale here in a couple minutes to kind of give us the lowdown of what's going to happen in 2021 for the calendar for the American Football Events uh, Women's All-Stars. All right, um, if you guys haven't subscribed to us, I don't know what you're waiting for. You can always subscribe to us on Apple Spotify, and iHeart, and any other platform that, that you uh, subscribe to. Really appreciate everybody listening to us uh, overseas. Uh, we have been very, very uh, appreciative. Uh, we have a very good following in Australia, so shout out to the Aussies out there, Holly, uh, in Spain, as well as uh, some of the uh, folks in Russia. So I don't know how to say you know hi and thank you to Russia, but to the Russians, uh, the Spanish, and the Australians really, really appreciate it on the international, uh, not including, uh, of course, the, interne- the North American swing, which is uh, Canada, U.S., and Mexico that follow us weekly. So um, pretty cool.
2: Yeah, no, th- that's awesome. I mean, um, every year I feel like developing more and more internationally, and I think it's the coolest thing ever. I, maybe because I'm a nerd and I like to travel, but I love culture and I love different countries and, talking to people from different countries. So I I just think it's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, I think that kind of like figure out what 2021 is going to look like in terms of the women's game. Uh, We did get some sad news uh, uh, about a bit ago. Uh, The New York Wolves will not be having a 2021 season in the WFA because of COVID um, restrictions in New York. So that's kind of a bummer because New York's kind of a staple program on the East Coast, especially for the WFA.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I totally, uh, you know, get that they have to do what they have to do. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, with COVID, it's extremely hard to plan anything right now. And so, you know, one of the things I, I like to tell people is all you can do is the best you can do. And you have to make the most informed decisions you can in that moment. And uh, and that's okay. And so uh, they'll definitely be missed this year. And hopefully they can come back the following year
1: yeah I hope so too, because um, they they got a really uh, good program there uh, transitioning from the sharks into the wolves. I think it's going to be a nice maybe a two year off season, really. It's really what's going to look like for them. So that means that they're able to recruit. they're able to you know facilitate a squad, maybe put together a better squad to compete in the, um, you know, in that division up there in the um, WFA. So um, WFA also announced uh, Holly uh, kind of a global partnership in- initiative where they're going to try to facilitate um, tools for international leagues that are inclined to work with them. And so uh, I think it's a great thing for them kind of stepping up as a flag bearer for the women's game, women's tackle football, especially in the States where it's the birth of it and having, you know, all the international uh, leagues out there, having some sort of support and tools and a resource to go to. uh, I think that's really helpful. And a shout out to, uh, Uh, win dominey and uh, lisa king for doing that
2: yeah um i saw that and i thought it was great i mean like again i really think that the more that we explore um not only uh the sport nationally but also internationally the better the sport is it's a win-win-win um you know i think even though the birthplace of football is in the u.s it i think it is going to take off even more internationally um, and if you can create those partnerships, it's a win-win. It only makes the sport better. So I, I think it's a um, a great program, and I'm excited to see uh, w- what comes of it uh, this coming year.
1: All right. Well, let's bring in uh, American Football Events founder um, Dale uh, Glossener, and he's going to talk to us about uh, all the stuff that's happening in the um, American Football Events. And So let's bring him in here and into the huddle.
3: From our preparation, to the way we were born, to the way we sign, expect great. Expect it from yourself. Expect it from your teammates. Expect it from this team. We fall, we kill, we eat. Let's go! And energy, emotion, play fast, play for each other. That's it. Let's show them. Here we go. Four, two, three, four, four, five, two, three, three, four, five, two, three, four, five.
1: Dale, expect greatness, Coach. What's going on? Doing fine. How about you, Oscar? Doing great. How's 2021 treating you?
4: So far, so good. I'm joined here with uh, one of my other advisory board members, who also is the head coach and owner of the Las Cruces team, Billy Avalos. So we're here in Orlando getting ready for our first event of 2021.
1: Awesome. Billy, uh, um, how's it going? It's going great, Oscar. Happy
5: New Year. Hey, happy New Year to you, too. Uh,
1: I hope everybody's uh, safe and sound. I know it's been a rocky 2020 for a lot of people.
5: Oh, absolutely. I, I know it's not just, uh, you know, single state. It's it's all of us around the nation. But uh, like Coach uh, Glossinger says, there's nothing we can overcome if we do it together.
1: Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a fun year, I think. Anticipation for 2020 was huge for the women's game, and you guys do uh the women's All-Stars internationally, so I know there's a huge, you know, excitement when you go to like Mexico, Costa Rica and all these other places in terms of, you know, the uh the sport being shared out there with the various leagues internationally.
4: Yeah, it was a it was a little disheartening because, you know, we had a lot planned in 2020 uh before the pandemic and you know the last time you and i talked was uh probably april or may after we came back from honduras you know we were supposed to have been in spain in december and you know so we've had to postpone a lot of events so we're we're looking we're we're being very optimistic but we're being very positive about what we can do for 2021 i I know there's going to be a lot of special circumstances special guidelines in place uh Procedures that we've got set in place for the COVID, uh, and, and to make sure that we're number one, being safe and keeping everyone as best as we can in, in good health. So we're we're really excited about the events that we've got planned for 2021, and uh, right now we're getting ready to kick it off with a an event here in Orlando. Uh, this coming, actually, the players will actually start arriving tomorrow.
1: And I believe it's January 16th, right? That's the the actual game?
4: Correct. Correct. January 16th at 12 o'clock. Uh, they can find it on our Facebook page uh, and, and follow us and actually see the live stream as well. All right. Great.
1: Um, Dale, what's the other events that you have? Are you guys, like, at this point just, uh, you know, kind of hesitating in terms of events or just their plan and then we're just going to kind of, like, anticipate a two-week window whether things are standing the same I mean is that how we're playing it now
4: we we've already have a we try to maintain a a year out in advance with our schedule so we've had to move some things around based off of what happened in 2020 but right now we have a schedule plan for 2021 so we're looking to try to do our best and and as you said you know uh, some of it maybe have to adapt based on the circumstances and uh, the pandemic and, you know, the direction the pandemic takes once the vaccine's in place and and really more emphasis on what we can do and what we can't do when it comes to international travel. So our next event will actually be uh, this second week in March. Um, it'll be March the uh, – let me think about it for a second. It is the 10th through the 14th. March the 13th we'll be playing in Costa Rica. Uh, With Carlos, Um, I've known Carlos for probably close to 10 years, done a lot of things with him in the past, back when he was actually a player. And then we had a really good relationship that we built with him in Honduras with our girls and and with our two coaching staffs. And uh, we're going over there to do more of a a camp, um, a more of a, a unity to help, He he really is looking for opportunities for us to help coach, um, help teach his girls some of the fundamentals and and some of the structure for American football. So um, we're excited about that. Uh, We're looking forward to it. And and Lord willing, if everything goes well, that'll be our next event will be March 10th through the 14th. Well, I mean,
1: the, the 2020 really put a damper on the sport itself. I mean, there was some action in Texas, there were some uh, leagues that did play in certain states, so it wasn't like we just didn't have the sport. But, I mean, in terms of the bigger leagues, uh, the formal bigger leagues, that was uh, kind of a bummer, and including your events as, as some of those. Um, tell, Dale, tell, tell our, our listeners once again uh, about what makes your program unique and how players from any type of league that they play in on other teams can actually come into the program and, you know, be an all-star player for AFE.
4: Sure. Oscar, one of the things that really makes us different than a lot of the structure and organization is our program is built on giving back to the community. So everywhere we go, we provide kids camps. Uh, We go to the hospitals. We visit children in the hospitals. We go to rehabilitation centers. Um, We've done homeless shelter work. Uh, We've done uh, abuse centers Um, So it's really about building the character not just on the field but off the field, and and our unity that we've built with that as an organization, it's about the experience that we give players. We want to provide a platform for them to be able to showcase their talent on the field, but at the same time, when you've got – we generally will have 45 players, uh, 10 coaches um, on a roster, and they represent anywhere from 15 to 20 different states – and you're coming together in five days uh, to put practice together, to put an offense, put a defense together, you've got to have something unique and special about it. And it's really that bond that we make as a brotherhood and a sisterhood really makes it special in itself. Um, the best way to get involved is to you know, reach out to some of our players that have been a part of it, that are some of our veterans, reach out to some of our staff, uh, check us on our Facebook page, uh, on our website, and that's AFEUSAAllStars.com Bill, you want right. to add anything I mean, to that? Uh, actually, Coach G
5: is very correct. This is more than just football. We use football as the basis, but really the, the big thing that unites everybody is giving to the community, and I can't tell you how this organization has changed my life just um wanting to go and share with everybody. This is an opportunity. It's one of those things where if you played any type of sports in, in school, college, I mean, it's nothing but first class service everywhere. We look like the team. We dress like a team. We practice like a team and we travel like a team. Everything is done together and it's, There's other organizations out there, but this is the one that I'm proud to be affiliated with.
1: Coach Billy, um, the the state of the game, you've been around the game for a long time. This is a traveling all-star team, so you get to see a lot of players that you would normally never compete with, like especially with uh, Les Cruces, your squad, in a certain league, and then you had WFA as well. So, Coach, I guess, or for both of you, to kind of, you know, be in awe of certain players that you hear about or certain players that are on certain squads that, you know, you see on social media and everything else, and then you finally see them front and center or live. So it's kind of a a great program in that sense because a lot of the players think uh, talk very highly of AFE and the experience that they have. So I think it it has to be a credit not just to the founders of their organization, but also to some of the coaches that obviously contribute their time to make them better.
5: Oh, absolutely. I mean these girls are the top athletes, you know, and, and for us, me being from Las Cruces and a lot of my girls coming from a small community, they read about, you know, these girls from, you know, Washington, um, all these different leagues, all these different um, amazing women, and they get to go and meet them and they realize, Hey, they're just like me. So it's one of those things that, For me, it's a tool for my girls to go and raise it to a different level, a level that they wouldn't go and get just by competing in in one area. So, yeah, it it makes us very much involved in what the rest of the country is. And also, I mean, being a coach with some of these ladies, uh, Amanda Cogliani from, you know, DC Divas, I'm I'm not only a fan of hers, but I got to go and coach with her, and she's – She's just amazing, and now I can call these girls a friend, and it's not just her. That was just a name that popped into my head, but a group of, just nationally, a group of wonderful women with a huge heart, and they just have this intensity about them wanting to learn the game and play it the way it should. They're really giving American football, you know, they're, they're really taking it to the next level. I can't be more proud to be involved in this.
4: And Dale, a lot of a lot I'll of add players, a lot of players come back and
1: say that they've had this huge experience because they feel like they're ambassadors in your program when they go overseas. And like you said, mentoring, contributing, or uh, facilitating to a community and
4: assisting in that. So I think that's a, a key, big key. Well, it, it definitely helps wearing red, white, and blue. You know, so anytime mm-hmm. we travel, it's, it it draws a it draws the attention itself. But these girls look up to us. And, you know, the one thing that has has really touched my life and made an impact on me is seeing how how our girls, when they travel, are willing to give. We were in Honduras. There's, you know, a lot of these third-world countries that were there and playing, they, they've got cleats. They've got helmets on that you wouldn't let your children wear. But yet our players took the pads off their own back, took the helmets off them, took their cleats off their feet, and gave it to them. So now what do they want to do? They're bringing extra stuff here so that I can take it to Miami to put on a boat to be able to send to Honduras. That's the things that we really are looking for. How can you give back? How can you be an impact to make women's football you know, uh, stronger than what it is and, 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 and be that impact in somebody else's life? And that's that's really the true aspect of it. All right, let me bring
1: in Holly here to pick your brains for both of you guys.
4: Hey, coaches. Hello. Hey, hey.
2: Hello, hello. I'm glad that you guys are on. Um, I, too, have gone um, to an AFE event in Virginia, and then I was trying to go uh, to a couple of events, but uh, unfortunately could not at the last minute. Uh, I'm really glad that you guys are are back on track and – I understand, you know, with COVID, it's extremely hard to, to plan this. Um, what is something that you guys learned from the the year of 2020?
4: I guess the biggest thing, Holly, is, you know, um, nothing's guaranteed. Not even life itself is guaranteed. So, you know, you you take the moments. You know, some of these girls that got to travel and played in Honduras, they didn't, nobody played. I mean, there was very little bit of opportunities for anybody to play. So you take every moment that's given to you and you make the most of it. And, you know, we've all can probably now say that we know somebody or whether it's within our intermediate circle or outsider circle, we all know somebody that's been personally affected by COVID. I mean, I've, I know personally in my own family, my father was affected by COVID. So, you know, we don't, Take the little things for granted, and and I think now you're going to see a whole lot more appreciation for everybody when they step back on the field, and you know. But at the same time, what did this give us? It gave us more opportunity to be closer with our own family, be closer with our children, and um, so you know. I, I know it was a difficult year, but we at the same time we still got to have the positive outlook of what we can do to move forward.
2: How about for you, Billy?
5: Um, What I saw firsthand, of course, when the girls go and play um, AFE or or any type of football with their organizations, but with AFE, they're going to get amazing coaching. They're going to go and learn from coaches with experience, but it's not just the X's and O's. The relationships that is built in such a short little bit of time is incredible. We... I lost my dad in January, and people that I didn't really know, but because we had something in common, AFE, they reached out to me. They reached out to my wife. Are we okay? Is there anything we could do for you? Um, Coach G and and Sandy, his wife, just opened up their hearts and and whatever they could do, and it's making contacts. It's making – I'm going to say it's making relationships throughout the country that are I know people are coming flying all over the country to go and just be at somebody's birthday or their wedding and it's more than just once it's a huge national family which is a melting pot just exactly what the United States wanted from everybody it's anybody and everybody from any part and we are together and when we're together it is hard to beat that family atmosphere i'm not just saying that i was a skeptic i was a skeptic and i'll tell you what after that virginia experience i didn't want to be anywhere else so it's more than just the x's and o's it is that sense of togetherness that i'm encouraging every girl that ever wanted to go and try something experience this you won't be
4: disappointed it's time for you to get back on the field with us holly
2: I'm working on it, guys. (laughs) I wanted to go to the one in Honduras, and then I couldn't go to that one. But I I will say, you know, um, I think when I went to Virginia, you know, I had some friends that went um, on the previous uh, trip that you guys had had, and they were really excited about it. And I was like, oh, cool, because, you know, for me, I'm like, any chance I have to play football, I'm going to try to take it. And, um for me, at that point in time, I really needed some sort of outlet. Um, and when I went to Virginia, is exactly what I personally needed. Because one of the beautiful things about football is you get a lot from it, but one of the greatest things about it is giving back to the game and giving back to other people. And there's a, um, a huge joy in that. And so when I went to Virginia – I, I felt that, and I was able to connect with not just the people on the field and the people I was playing with and against, but the people that we met through um, the events that we did. And the little kids—I always love working with little kids, so that's always fun. And I, I think you guys have built something very special, and it's kind of like, well, oh, what were those books back in the day—the chicken soup for the Souls at basically Football. that
3: basically football—that's,
2: I think, that you guys have built. <laughs> and I think you should be very proud of that and on top of that I want to say you guys are extremely organized and both of your wives work really hard as well as you guys so I, I congratulate you guys on that because it takes a lot of work to do this. and so you. you should be proud of all of that
5: thank you very oh, much so Holly can you, you remind me what team you played on was it the national or the American side
2: um, the one that won, that Virginia
5: game. <laughs> yeah, I know. I said that on purpose. That was my team, the national. Coach G's American team
2: did not win. I knew that's what you were yeah. doing. I knew yeah. that was what you
4: were thinking. He wanted to rub it in on me. It's all good. I can take it.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: that was good. Yeah,
2: good. So, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Oscar.
1: No, I said that was good. <laughs>
2: And uh, my final question is, who is your Super Bowl pick? Because we only have a couple weeks left.
4: I want. I, I. My personal feeling, based on what teams are left, is I'd like to see Drew Brees win it as he's going out. So I'll take the same.
2: That's a good pick.
4: I will. What about you think?
5: You know, I've been thinking about this hard, and. I'm not a Tom Brady fan, but I'm a Bruce Arias fan, and I would like to go and see both of them, and, and the Gronk, and, and I'd like to see Tampa Bay. I want them to win.
4: What about you, That's Holly? A good What's pick your pick? As
2: well. well, I'm What's a 49ers no? fan, so it's not it's not it's not our year this year. So right now, um. There are teams I think can win, and there's a, I, I'm kind of pulling for the for the Rams for Oscar, you know, a little bit, but I don't know if they have enough to get there. Um, I haven't really picked one yet. And I would say I'm leaning towards probably uh, Tampa Bay and Kansas City in the Super Bowl,
4: and then I'd I like probably that. pick Kansas City again. Yeah, Kansas City is going to be tough to beat. They are going to be tough to beat. So. Uh, Oscar, I know you're a big Rams guy. I have a personal relationship uh, with the Rams. I actually coached and worked with Torrey Woodbury, who is your quarterback coach. Wow, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I coached him in arena football and worked with him quite a few bit. And wow. his actual his actual his actual brother also played for me. So um, he's a great great guy. He actually uh, grew up only about 45 minutes from me. So he's a great great guy, great coach. He was. Uh, yeah, I'm, he played I'm, quarterback for the Jets. I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for the Horns all
1: the way. I want to take down the Rodgers, and I want to be able to take down TB12 or Drew Brees along the way. The Bold, <laughs> bold with.
4: <laughs> I got you,
1: but I gotta get rid of the Chiefs heads first. So, uh, just just gotta figure that out this weekend. So they they're probably gonna be tough. Yep. but we got a good defense. So I gotta credit the defense on there. Um, Dale, uh, what, what, uh, where can they, uh, any player can get a hold of, uh, you said, uh, the AFE women's uh, all-star group as well, right?
4: Women's uh, all-star group, Yes,
3: but sir. you can go to AFE yes, directly
4: sir. to the American football event site, right? Right. And the, the website is AFE USA dot And uh, the I'm links are on there for before, right. Before. So this is a brand new revamp on yes. the website too, right? Correct. Correct. Um, everything just redirects, but the new website is AFE And one other thing that we're really excited about Oscar is we actually, this will be starting our sixth year as an organization. Uh, we were going to try to start in 2020. It did not work, but we will be starting our first youth event, uh, this summer, June 29th to July 5th in Mexico. As a part of AFE, we will have a youth program. This year we'll do youth boys, uh, a U15 game of seventh and eighth graders. And then in 2022, we'll have a youth boys and a youth girls team that will be working with Keisha Smith out of Texas and the other league that's in Utah uh, about drawing girls to be able to travel with us to play American football in Mexico. That's awesome. That's going to be a really good
1: experience for the Utah girls as well, because it's a great program in that state. They've built it so well and they've put up so much time in it. And uh, we talked to Sam Gordon a while back here on how it's evolving and she's moving on, of course, because she's older, but overall, it's a really good program. Uh, Billy, are you anticipating a WNFC season of greatness? Because, Everybody, when they announced that you guys were going to the WNFC, we were all giddy for 2020 to see what uh, Las Cruces. And then when they announced the, the, the championship game was going to be in your city, it was even more hype. Um, and, and we know you have rabid fans like the Philadelphia Eagles do. So uh, it's kind of uh, awesome that 2021 is going to be, you know, it's going to be in Texas now for the championship. But uh, anticipating your squad's going to do well, hopefully? Yeah, I can tell you that
5: um, we are much improved. We have the girls that are working. When we're allowed to and we do it within social distancing and within the guidelines of New Mexico, um, They are, I think they have more energy and more a sense of want to go and improve something. They're super excited to play the b- best teams around in the WNFC. And I do, I do feel that we're going to be surprising some people. I know a lot of WNFC teams have reloaded, but I know we are. I got a great coaching staff now around me, people I trust, people that know football real well. So uh, we're more organized than we've been, so I I expect some, some good things. And hopefully when New Mexico opens up because of this COVID, maybe 2022, we can have a championship there again in Las Cruces.
1: Yeah, anticipation was really high for you guys. Um, I mean, that you guys have done so so well with that program from the beginning, and I know there's you know a lot of other teams in New Mexico, of course, but uh, you know being part of the, the WNFC and the road that the league is taking, you know the strides that they're doing, is, uh, really uh, its credibility is, is given to a, to a higher level. So that means you know your squad in the state is really one of the uh, teams to talk about, including with the universities and the colleges, which is what the league was really wants to, you know, put forth. So that's really awesome. Uh, Dale, uh, Billy, Absolutely. I really appreciate you guys coming in and giving us the lowdown on the American football events calendar for 2021. Uh, we have January 16th coming up here, WTFL versus AFE a Women's All-Stars. And then, uh, Dale, you also said March, right? March 13th, if I'm correct?
4: Yeah, um, March thir- March 13th in Costa Rica. And one last thing to remind you a little bit about Oscar, you know, this event that we're actually playing in right now in Orlando was originally scheduled for back in March I mean, uh, back in September, where we were going to do our first women's national Bowl weekend where we invited uh, 10 teams to come and play. That will actually take place this coming September in Texas, and we okay. already have Mexico will be coming to play the AFE USA Girls. And then we'll invite eight of the best teams uh, across women's football to come and play in that event. Uh, We'll actually do it over uh, September 11th and 12th. So we're actually going to be doing it as a memorial uh, for the 9-11. And um, we will be doing a women's national poll uh, on our RWB site. So I'll be sure to send you all that information so you can help share it and help us grow that program.
1: Yeah, of course. Always always willing to help out and always uh, willing to promote the sport and everything else. Uh, so, Dale, Billy, thank you for coming in. I really, really appreciate it. Thank looking you. forward to success in 2021. Uh, Billy, uh, hopefully uh, every, as as it rolls, hopefully we'll have the WNFC season uh, kickoff in May, as we fingers right now. But looking forward to Las yes, Cruces, uh stepping foot on the WNFC stage. Thank you.
6: Thank, thank you. you.
4: Be safe and uh, stay stay healthy. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Have a great night, guys. You Have too. Have a good night.
2: Bye.
1: All right, Holly, there you go. Um, pretty impressive bunch, and they are putting uh, forward a lot of uh, effort to grow the sport in a, I guess you want to put it in a humanitarian way, right, because they're going to the less fortunate countries showcasing some of the best athletes in in the North American swing and also contributing to some of the, uh, you know, I- issues that confront certain
2: countries. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think they do a really great job um, of putting on these events. And then, like you said, it, it's definitely um, – there's football there, but it, the football is really the vehicle to uh, do these humanitarian uh, efforts and connect with people – uh, from different countries and um it's a really awesome and beautiful thing um if you're able to go to these events and 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 uh, i'm excited that they're, they're coming back in 2021 and um and i'm excited for what they're doing this weekend and uh hopefully i can check it out and and everything goes great
1: well should I have the live stream um dale's going to give us the link so we'll go to kind of watch everybody there um now, shout-out to uh, Amanda Angeldi. Shout-out to our girl, Smooth Laurie Jones of the Maha Blaze as well. So they're always on the AFV calendar, and so it's going to be pretty exciting. So we'll keep, uh, we'll keep tabs on that, and we'll also have the links, as uh, Dale mentioned, and he, he's usually really good at networking and giving us uh, information about what events are coming up and things like that. So really appreciate it him. Um, Holly, before you get out of here, we've got 15 minutes, so let's dissect this super wild card weekend. Uh, you did say the Rams could pull it off against Seattle. And it, at the beginning, Wolford goes down with a neck injury, and you could have seen me kind of like pale, right? Because I was like, oh, my God, no. <laughs> and so, but, you know, Goff came through, and, and I've been criticizing him for the whole year, but he did come through, and Aker showed up. So, offensively, the, the Rams did put together a good, better game plan. Seattle somehow just not, could not play as well.
2: You know, um, the last couple of games of the season, the Seahawks, I think if you're a Seahawks fan, were a little bit concerning. Their offense started extremely strong this year, and their defense was the problem. And then the defense started to get a little bit better at times. But it seems like the last few weeks here, offensively, the Seahawks um, have – Fallen in love with the deep ball, and when they hit it, it's great and it's a home run. And but it seems like they're they've gone away offensively from the intermediate game, and I think that's hurt them a little bit. Um, they're not um, as smooth. Their um, their they're, the rhythm of the offense has been kind of uh, choppy, and then all of a sudden they'll hit a long one to DK Metcalf, and everything feels great, and then it gets choppy again, and the the rhythm has uh, disappeared the last few weeks here. So that was a problem. And then defensively, I think um, they were about who they were, you know, Um, I think Ager is able to, him able to run for 131 yards. He'll be, takes the pressure off of uh, uh, Wolford getting injured or, uh, and golf, you know, he came in and did okay considering his thumb injury and um, I think it was a great overall win for the Rams, and you know I know some people were surprised by it. I I I kind of was not because I felt like in sometimes in football it's not necessarily who's the better overall team. Sometimes it's how they match up against each other, and I think mm-hmm. right now the Rams, um, you know, uh, were matching up better with the Seahawks than people thought. So great win for the Rams and. Uh, now you're kind of playing with house money a little bit and you have nothing to lose um, coming into this weekend, And um, but definitely a great win. And uh, you should celebrate that one.
1: Oh yeah. I'm happy. I'm giddy. I, I was like, just anticipating, you know, the worst, like throw you know, interceptions by golf. And then eventually I was like, oh, okay, we, we got this. We got this with acres running it so well. And, and then the secondary uh, containing Metcalf and and Locket, So that was really impressive there. Um, do we give Josh Allen the nod here as probably the favorite, the, the surprise quarterback of this this run? Because we know what Brees can do, we know what uh, Rodgers can do, you know, and we already know what uh, Tom Brady can do, and we all kind of put Mahomes at that pedestal with them. So, it, it, has Josh Allen arrived for you in this this particular weekend?
2: Um, getting closer. You know, I've been pretty hard on, on Josh Allen, and I think, at least in my opinion, rightly so, because he, going into this year, had the arm strength to throw it a mile, but was not very accurate, and his composure was up and down the last couple years. I think the difference this year is twofold, you know, and and their names are Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley. Um, having Diggs especially having that veteran receiver who can stretch the field has really taken the pressure off Josh Allen. And then you have Cole Beasley who is extremely good in the slot and a really good route runner and very consistent. And so having those two veteran guys, I think gives Josh Allen a lot more confidence and he's a lot more comfortable. Um, and so I think offensively those two pieces have made a world of difference. Um you know so i think um uh, i want to see him you know like this was obviously a big win for them i don't think they've won a, a playoff game in in a, quite a few years here so getting uh that off their chest is is a very good thing but i want to see them push it further and see how far they can get um but definitely they're on the rise and even if they don't uh you know even if they don't make it past this round it's definitely um, you have to feel good as a Bills fan that you're heading in the right direction.
1: Now, uh, Holly, the anticipation between these, this matchup, AFC, the matchup between Buffalo and Indianapolis, Indianapolis did not play that bad. It's just a matter of, like, the Bills' just a lot better team. But you got to give credit to Phillip Rivers and Taylor and everybody in Indianapolis for making a, a pretty good season.
2: Yeah, I think they've had a, a great season and it's been kind of under the radar of Beds. and. You know, um, you know Rivers is is a bit older and and he left the Chargers and um but he's had a pretty decent season considering um you know his age and and probably the frustration he was leaving with the Chargers. But uh, I think Jonathan Taylor is a great running back. He's um, I'm not surprised that he's doing well because he I was one of my favorite uh, college running backs and um you know I think. Uh, uh, Pittman has turned into a really good receiver you still have Ty uh, Hilton as well you have some weapons there and so I, I think the Colts should be proud of their season I think it's going to be interesting in the off season what direction they go if if, if Rivers comes back if this was his last year if they um, what they do with that quarterback position and um, but uh, I definitely think the Colts should be proud of their season.
1: All right. You didn't, you didn't anticipate Chicago being in this game against, uh, New Orleans, right? Because the rumor had it that Camaro no. was probably not going to play. And I know I'm, you know, I, I was playing, I was playing daily fantasy and everybody was like freaking out. Oh my God. Cause everybody had him on their lineups. And then <laughs> they're like, oh no, I hope they don't pull it under the rugs. And at the end, you know, uh, so everybody's freaking out on the, on the fantasy side, but, uh, overall, I, I think, uh, New Orleans really stood out. Chicago really un unbalanced, uh, not really durable. I mean, their defense was was decent, but nobody. I don't think anybody going into this weekend thought that the Saints were not were going to lose. Basically,
2: no. I think uh, I'm more surprised that it, it was this close. I think the Saints mm-hmm. kind of um, they they weren't completely flat, but I, I thought that Chicago did a really good job of hanging around and New Orleans did not, you know, push the game open the way I thought they would have early. So credit to Chicago's defense for it kinda hanging in there for a while. But I just don't think, you know, offensively the Bears had enough uh to challenge the Saints. And I think, you know, I don't know what else you, you can say about Camara, but he's just he's just, you know, ridiculous, right? So I, I think um it was a really good game for the Saints, and they started to break away in the second half. I just thought that it would have happened a little sooner. Um, but, uh, no, I'm not surprised about this game. We'll see if the Saints can get a little bit more um, juice out of the gate uh, for next week.
1: All right. What do we say of Callie Branson and the Browns and uh, Elizabeth Dillo? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, what a job by the by the brand, the Browns taking uh, and beating Pittsburgh. And Ben Roethlisberger, I mean, what happened there?
2: Well, okay, so this is a funny story. So, um, you know, I've been watching football, and then I was going to go out and uh, uh, get my wife and I some dinner. So I was going to go pick it up, and I'm listening to the game uh, on the radio, you know, through Sirius Radio, and it was the local Cleveland Browns version of the broadcast. And... I'm at a stoplight and I'm listening to like the opening opening kickoff and then um, you know and then it's like the first play of scrimmage with the Steelers and I don't know like if anyone's ever heard this particular broadcast team but it was it was hilarious because they had this, this guy who was doing the play-by-play that sounded like he had a thousand cups of coffee he was going a mile <laughs> a minute and then their color guy was this older guy that bless his heart kept tripping over his words and they are a weird, like, dynamic duo right there. I just thought they were really funny. But then the the Steelers, you know, they had the um, snap way over Ben head, and then the uh, play-by-play, you know, caffeine fanatic guy was just going absolutely crazy. And he's like, "It's over his head! Oh my god!" And it was it was really crazy. So, I my <laughs> experience with that game was really funny because I spent like the first fifteen minutes of the game driving to and from picking up food and listening to these two guys just going absolutely crazy. Also like having, you know, cause my dad is from the Cleveland area and I have a lot of family out there having all them messaged me like, Oh my God. So, you know, you can't, you couldn't have asked for a better start if you're a Browns fan. And I think for people that might not understand the history, the Browns have been terrible. Terrible, terrible for, like, decades and decades and decades. And every time they think they're going to turn the corner, it doesn't happen. And the Steelers are, like, their big rival. And, and and you know, the expectation was the Steelers would, uh you know, likely win this game if, if not, like, in a close game. But the Steelers, you know, had uh, – were the favorites going into this game. So to go up 28 to nothing before you can even blink against your rival when you've been terrible for so long and you haven't won anything – it's just euphoria for this whole entire fan base. It's not quite as bad as the Chicago Cubs not winning in like 110 years, but it's it's close. And so, you know, for the Browns fans, you gotta you gotta enjoy this moment. You know, I just hope that the that they can uh, that their team, the fans, can enjoy the moment. But the team has to refocus for this week. And on the Steelers side, okay, that's a whole other ball of wax. I think the Steelers have been kind of on the rails for a few weeks now. Um, You know, they they started out of the gate really hot. Then they were winning, but they were winning kind of ugly. And then they went on a skid, but then they beat the the Colts and everyone thought it would be fine. And then nobody, you know, was like, oh, we don't care about this last regular season game. We're, We're sitting all our starters, so it doesn't matter. And so I think for the Steelers, when you take into account um, a lot of their players were talking a lot before this game. Like, you know, I, for me, there's no reason to be talking trash before a game like this because it never goes well. And number two, you give the, the t- other team a lot of motivation. And number three, you're distracting yourself because you're focused on what you were saying rather than actually playing. And the Steelers, to me, just seemed, from that first bad snap, just discombobulated upset in their heads, not understanding ups from down. And they were still able to score and make it kind of interesting at the end. But then there was a moment in the fourth quarter where they were only like a couple scores down and it was fourth and short and they didn't go for it and they punted. And then I was sitting there like, why, why you're here in the playoff game. You, you had a horrible start. You're down a couple of scores. Like if you don't get the source down, like okay, great, but at least you try. Like not trying is just inexcusable. Like punting and giving the Browns the ball back is just dumb. And so that was just like ridiculous. So if you're a Steelers fan, this was a complete nightmare. And so but you know, if you are a Steelers fan, you're fine. You have multiple championships, so you can you can bank on that for a minute. But, you know, credit to the Browns for, for pulling it off, and we'll see if they can carry it into next week.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a great game. I watched it. Uh, I did not anticipate the start, that, how it started. I was like like you. I was shocked, 28-0, and I'm like, where are these Steeler fans at? And I have a buddy of mine who's a Steeler fan, and he was like, I don't, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. What is happening? <laughs> it's almost like a bad nightmare for him.
2: Oh my God! It kind of reminded me of um, you know a few years back, you know, because I'm an Oregon fan. Um, Oregon was in the semi championship game against Florida State, and Florida State had Jameis Winston. And I think you know at that point, Oregon was a complete underdog, and filmer stuff was happening, like just crazy turnovers, and Jameis tripped over nothing. I don't know if people remember that, but there was a thousand beams from that, and it was awesome. And Oregon destroyed Florida State. And it was that, mo- like, the whole game, I was just so happy. And everything that could go right went right. And and if you're a sports fan, you know that's extremely rare. It is rare that you have a game where every bounce goes your way and the other teams just completely falling apart. And, and uh, so I've had, you know, a couple moments like that as a fan, and it's awesome. I've also had moments as a fan where you're the Steelers, and everything that you could possibly have go wrong goes wrong. So I guess that's the joy and the sadness of being a fan.
1: Yeah, especially for them because they're so used to winning and and going deep in the playoffs that I think this is the total shocker for them. But a shout out to Kelly Branson and Elizabeth Dillow who was all over it, and also Lexi DeMeo who's also a big Cleveland Browns uh, fan, one of our NoJo football athletes. So they were stoked for the whole time. Um. Did you not anticipate uh, Lamar Jackson to do well, or did we anticipate Derrick Henry to tear it up? Because it just – it was one of those games. It was kind of a a tough battle for both teams, but uh, I think the Ravens really proved that they were the better squad.
2: Well, for me, this is not a surprising, um, you know, result. I think they're very very competitive teams with each other, and they created, um, you know – Definitely, they're, they're they're rivals now from the last couple of years. There, there's some a uh, little bit of bad blood between them. I think, for me, I think this the the story of this game is the Ravens' defense um, holding Derrick Henry to 40 yards is no joke. I think they came in to the game with a game plan, and they're like, okay, we're gonna stack the box with 100 people. We're gonna make Ryan Tannehill try to beat us. And now remember, I've been on this um, you know soapbox for a minute with uh, with Tennessee, and that mm-hmm. I really think the success of Tennessee offensively is on the shoulders of Derrick Henry. I don't think it's as on Tannehill as people think, and so this is what happens when you take Derrick Henry away from Tannehill. Uh, he gets a bit more pedestrian, and so I think this was a story of. Uh, the Ravens had a defensive uh, scheme to really frustrate Henry. And, it, you know, to, to Henry's credit, I've, I've been a running back, and when you have eight, nine people in the box, they're just outnumbering you in the box. And that's really hard uh, to run against. And that's why, it's just, it, that's why people do that is, is to try to take the run away. So um, I think Henry was trying, but, you know, it's, it's like kind of – Running your head into the wall uh, and that um it's not dramatically going to work a lot of the time um and then on the other side, Lamar I think uh did just enough to to um you know get them to the win sort as of as the passing game, but his you know he ran all over the place, and that really really helped them um uh keep some drives going and I think you got to give the Ravens credit. They had a lot of adversity this year. They didn't look uh, as dominant as they did the previous year offensively, and they've had their ups and downs. But I think they're kind of pulling together at the right time. Um, so we'll see what they do next week, but I think it's a great win for them.
1: All right. So thanks, Holly, for coming in, uh, giving us a breakdown on college football, uh, giving us a breakdown on the Super Wild Card Weekend. So, divisional games coming up here Saturday. Rams taking on the Chiefs, Pack, uh, uh, Packers. And then we got the Ravens taking on the Bills. Which should be interesting. Lamar Jackson against Josh Allen. Cleveland Browns, Callie Branson and company taking on Patrick Mahomes. And then it's going to be TV 12 against Drew Brees, two legendary quarterbacks matching up against each other for the next round. So, it's going to be a great weekend. So, looking forward to next, next week. All right? Thank you. We'll see you in a bit. Thanks. Thanks for coming in. All right. So guys, we're going to go into the second, uh, no joke football huddle and that's going to be sponsored by monkey Go to monkey get a free ga- a $5 game on signup, use code NJF, and you can sign up there up to a $50 deposit match. So go to monkey use code NJF and get started today. So let's bring in the talented, uh, 2017 IFAB Team USA Women's Champion and a Pioneer of Women's Tackle Football, Tony Fuller in the house so let's bring her in here in a bit The
3: worst Expect greatness Expect greatness From our preparation To the way we perform To the way we sign Expect greatness Expect it from yourself Expect it from your teammates Expect it from this team We fall, we kill, we eat Let's go. Hey, Energy, emotion, play fast. Play for each other. That's it. Let's go get it. Here we go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, seven, eight, nine, 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 ten, nine, nine, ten, 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 ten,
1: ten, 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 ten. Coach Fuller, expect greatness. How's it going, Tony Fuller? Hey,
0: how are you? How you doing? I'm doing
1: great. I hope you're awake. I am. I am. I Back and forth and said you're going to fall asleep on me.
0: You know I'm an educator. It's one of those school nights now.
3: Oh,
1: sorry, sorry to keep you up late. But I'm
0: up. <laughs>
3: um,
1: Coach Tony, what's, uh what's going on? How how does uh, 2020 for you? You survived.
0: I did. I survived the uh, football season with the boys. It, it turned out to, uh, with a little playoff venture. So yeah, it was good. Uh, I am happy, you know, I always stay on the positive kick of things, even when it's not that great, but yeah, I feel like 2020, despite everything thrown at us, yeah, it was um, what we could make of it, to be honest, so yeah. All right, I hope you didn't get COVID,
1: or hope no, no, your family members got COVID, because I know a lot of people that did get, some family members got COVID, but they're good in good state, no, no, you know, deaths or anything like that, so hopefully... That was the case, too.
0: Right. I haven't had anything extremely close. There have been some close calls because I'm in the school. So, yeah, we mm-hmm. are seeing it. but nothing Okay, too well, close I'm glad to that you're,
1: uh, you're safe and sound. Um, coach, I wanted to bring you on because we had the news that you were going to probably be – you're probably going to be in Alabama to uh, to coach the fire. And then the anticipation mm-hmm. for the WNFC season for 2021 in May – Uh, Obviously, there's still a lot of intangibles between now and May with all this, you know, vaccine and COVID and all the different states with different, uh, you know, restrictions and things like that. So uh, what do you say of the, you know, the anticipation to take this team Eastern Conference? Uh, It's been a very good team. Once you take once you get there, I'm pretty sure you're gonna reassess all the players and everything. But uh, what do you say of 2021 for WNFC?
0: I tell you what, I am eager to meet uh my Alabama Fire family and work with coach uh Cedric Lane. I think it's going to be a great season. I I love those women because when we played against them when I played with Atlanta, there's just a women, a group of women who who get after it. And so you feel it from from the first quarter to the fourth quarter and they don't stop. So I am eager to join that energy. Absolutely.
1: All right, um Coach, you do know some uh, some lady named Odessa Jenkins and those elite Spartans. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the uh, I guess that's the, uh, the target, if you want to talk about the benchmark uh, for the WNFC. So I think everybody's shooting for that in terms of taking them down, which is a good benchmark. Uh, but I think a lot of teams have improved on the East Coast with the addition of some of the new teams on these coasts, and you know Atlanta always being pretty durable in terms of a program, and then you have the Prodigy mm-hmm. that comes into place, the Phantoms. Um, and a lot of the owners in those other teams that I've spoken to, they don't like to lose. You know what I mean? They don't. They're not coming to lose. They're coming to take, get wins. So uh, I think everybody's. So-
0: Absolutely. Odessa Jenkins, you know, I refer to her as Big Sis. And her whole point of this was to establish a premier league of more than just one team being the greatest. So I think we're all in that hunt right now to establish premier football across a league of teams. So yeah, it's about to get good. It's getting better. Uh, I know that we are shining things on our side. So I think we all are in a mission to make it great and to, to have every team that's in WNFC debut to its best. So I am looking forward. Of course they're the mark, but I think at this point we all want to be that. So let, let's just show that women's football can play at that level, and it would be so great. To, WNFC will be so great when we all show that layer of Texas elite and the power team that they are. It's an organization, and that's what the aim is in women's football. So, yes, absolutely. It's a great model.
1: Um, Coach Tony, I've been following the sport for almost, what, 12, over 10 years. (laughs) You've been in the sport in various leagues from the beginning with no lights on the field to, you know, the evolution of all uniforms the same to upgraded helmets. I mean, you've probably seen it all now. And then on top of that, your Climax 2017 IFAB. You know, Team USA Championship in Vancouver. So, uh, I mean, you've been around the sport a long time, and you've seen the progression. That's my point. The progression from you know various leagues trying to make certain strides, and now we're here. We've arrived. I mean, the WFA has made a lot of strides, and the WFT has made a lot of strides. So, uh, it's it's like it's a big moment.
0: Absolutely. I started um, playing women's tackle football in 2004. Mm-hmm. So what? 2020, yeah, 15 years later, and now we're moving into another. Uh, just the horizon of it all has changed. I think what went from using our car lights to light the field and it being just a dreamy thing that a group of ladies were organizing to do has totally taken off. And, and the vision now is where you can have a Sarah Fuller for baby girl kicking and, and it be a thing that women are doing it. Uh, oh, man, it's just, yeah. And in and, and my little landscape of seeing it unfold, I never would have thought it to be in my lifetime. Because you have coaches who played before me. When I look at people like Chanel Soho, you know, mm-hmm. Tillman Brooks, I look at women who also had a journey of football for decades before me, whose story is even different, you know, their beginnings are way different than mine with the, the porch light, you know, with the, with the car light shining on the field. Yep. Theirs are even more humbling. So, yeah, this thing I'm is it, go it, back to it, the,
1: it's historical. The to, to little troopers, you go back to the 70s with the Detroit demolition. I mean, if you go back in history right. between the 70s and 80s, right, and then the evolution of the WFA, the IWFL, and then the transition yes. into, you know, a higher scope, Uh, We would never assume that, you know, we'd be here. And then all of a sudden now we have like six to eight coaches in the NFL, uh, alumni from the like the WFA alumni in the spotlight on the Big Bear in New York, of all places, which is, you know, you know, shout out to Sam Rappaport and everything that they did with the, you know, the events that they did to lead up to that, plus the symposiums. And then obviously the, the career forums, just huge strides.
0: It was, yes. It was the ultimate preparation for what's unfolded to have eight women coaching in the NFL in some capacity, six of which have made a playoff run of some sorts in the last few days, right? Like, yes, this is, this is it. This is the push that we've wanted where it's going. I can only imagine girls in college one day playing football, this, the push that NFL flag is making to put flag football, football in the hands of, you know, young girls earlier. So it, it's happening. Now girls are going to be at least exposed to the general rules of flag football a lot earlier. And so that they can transition to the tra- the tackle side, you know?
2: So, yes. Yeah. This and is good stuff. I don't know about right you,
1: thing. but the Browns beating Pittsburgh was huge for all of us that follow the sport because we had Callie Branson shorthanded coaching staff and top of her. She's, <laughs> She's got no coach, right? It's like it's almost like you're strapped, and you turn around and beat the Steelers. I mean, that was huge.
0: The whole last part of the Steelers season to me is like, what is happening? That <laughs> <laughs> a shocker. Like this was not the anticipation, and I'm so happy for my uh, sister Callie for just being there in that moment to see it all unfold. I know her heart is melting, and I just thank her for like paving the way for us so that we can watch TV and see it all. This is another moment where we can actually watch some of our peers and the great pioneers on TV now. You know, that's brown. Excuse my dog.
1: <laughs> no, no, you're fine. Um, I, I'm pretty sure he's happy too because the Browns won, <laughs> just like Elizabeth Dillo.
0: fills <laughs> my energy. I'm sure.
3: <laughs>
1: um, but uh, Tony. The, the the fact that she went to Cleveland we all when she got the job we all said hey she's going to make a big difference right but we didn't anticipate the browns being in the playoffs in the first year she's there so you got to give her credit you know coach Stefanski and everybody else there because you know the the long history of as holly uh, just mentioned earlier the long history in 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 browns nation is miserable results right it's just Absolutely. like with the crying results
0: they have turned. They've turned the, the whole trajectory. What we call it, my high school changed the narrative. They've changed the narrative of the Browns yeah. organization. Yes, that can be quoted. Like yes, they have changed it. They have waited out the years of losing to now turn it around and seize opportunities. I'm just so happy for Cali for being in it. And how about Coach Low?
1: Coach and Tampa Bay. Right, Coach Low in Tampa Bay. On the same squad as TV-12. We would have never imagined that. Coach Laurie Lucas right. on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers alongside uh, you know right. Tom Brady. Huge.
0: All of it. You got Coach Lowe. And then you got Marl Javadifar, the, the strength mm-hmm. and conditioning, who's a powerhouse. When I watch her on, like, social media, she does not let up on those guys. So, yes, I can't imagine what they're getting to be so great, you know. And then you got, like, um, the Browns. Let's not, not talk about Chelsea Romero, who's also, you know, How made quite Chelsea, the playoff run Rams at some fan. point. Oh, It'll yeah. Be, big time. <laughs> Absolutely. Who yeah, else um, was there in the playoffs? Yeah, Christy Bartlett, too, with the Titans. She's a strength and conditioning yeah. coach for them. Yeah. Bartlett,
1: yep. Yeah. And then you had um, – it's Coach Lowe, then it was uh, Cali, oh, and then we can't forget Jen King. Jen King taking on TB12 in Washington. Right, right,
0: right, 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 right.
1: And you know Jen King so pretty well. <laughs> so
0: it's all I, So, yeah, I matched up against Jay King a few all-star games in our class. So I've had to defend against some of her fast feet in the past. She was a pretty solid receiver.
1: Yeah, it, I mean, it, it was just a great weekend for, you know, for us that follow women's tackle football and our sport, and the fact that, you know, we we have we get to see these these uh, the talented coaches on the biggest stage, you know what I mean at, at the NFL level on the sidelines. We, we we would have never thought that would have happened, right? Never would have even consumed that, but here we are. Right, right,
0: absolutely. Times have definitely evolved, and women's football is all the way in it. That's for sure. It's exciting. All right. Um,
1: what do you think of the state of the game, you know, minus any COVID restrictions? you think it's going to be big time? Because WFA plans to have, you know, 11 sports televised a game of the week. You have um, WNFC also with their platform to, you know, to the games out there. And then last year, I mean, the San Diego Rebellion, Really, really did a great broadcast on on Facebook Live. You know the broadcast w- with Facebook Live. So, um, mm-hmm. you know we're we're not getting the YouTube you know video where you got to search it like we used to do in the old days.
0: And, and there's a new partnership as well that we are an uh, in, uh, international partnership that just released like yesterday through the WNSC. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we are actually about to show it in I think 116 different countries. Yeah. So it's even expanding beyond um, what we had. So it's growing. I know. Um, I just anticipate if we, with COVID and everything, you got to think. I'm, I'm, I'm coming out of playing. I'm coaching the high school boys football, and we just mm-hmm. did a whole full season. So we know all about COVID protocol. I think if we follow the COVID protocol, as exhausting as it is, every practice, you can maintain a season. Mm-hmm. I think if we do that, we can, we can get through, and then it won't be as much high-risk activity with COVID as you'd imagine. I am living proof with, you know, doing it in Georgia with high school football this season that it can be done. But it is a tedious process. You have to have coaches micromanaging the process that check in throughout throughout the practice and even after. So, yeah, I think WNFC is on board to do that, or we would not be saying we would, we're gearing up for a season to start in May.
1: So. Yeah. yeah, and, and I think a lot of it has to do with logistics and you, you have a lot of good leadership at the WNSC level, right? Because everybody's crossing right. their T's and, and reviewing everything <laughs> thoroughly to make sure that everything's in great shape. And, you know, we would have never thought we'd be at this stage. I mean, I've followed the sport for so long and we always have, you know, every offseason, you know, teams switch from one league to another and, and you know, leagues spring up and, and, and just go. But now it's kind of comforting that the last three years, now we have some sort of stable platform, right, where we can have uh, the branding. The brandings are standing out, you know, kind of like the NBA, the WNBA or the WNFC. And then the announcement, like WFA just announced that they're going to go, you know, with the initiative of uh, the She She Is uh, initiative, which collaborates with the major sports leagues. So it's a huge move that way, too, to get some visibility and recognition. So, I I mean – the, the reason I wanted to bring you on here is just to talk about that kind of mentality because you have been, you know, long tenured as a pioneer in the sport and, to the, and where we're at now, it just seems mind-blowing in some instances. But at the same time, it's taken a lot of work from a lot of people to get to this level.
0: I tell you what, and it's going to have to be that effort of, of us just wanting that collaboration to exist across, across the board for women's sports. Um, it's not just about football when it comes to that. It's not it's not layered to just women playing football. I think women in sports is the push, is that we are yeah. breaking breaking boundary, you know boundaries beyond um, football. But but football is such a healthy way to see it unfold, right? So like the collaboration of of like she is in, in multi tiered sports helps drive that point that like women are in sports and we are here and, and loud and proud and able. Incompetent in establishing premier leagues with premier teams. Right. So that is the point. Yeah, I think if we, we're pushing that I message, you know, Mm-hmm. I think that's the Eventually, key. Eventually like the market will the change about is,
1: it as well too. Exactly. Exactly. To your point. Exactly. Um, are you anticipating this divisional round to be any different? I know you're taking my Rams over the Packers. I just can feel it in your bones right now.
0: So hold on. You know what? I did a little cheat sheet. Is I follow my team is not in. So now I gotta kind of just kind of shop around. That's what I call. You come it. over to the ranch. So side. I'm a cowboy. fan. I'm a Cowboys girl.
1: Come over to the ranch on the West Coast. You're on the West Coast in Texas, so it's sort of like just come on over.
0: So so no, listen. If I have to choose, my final picks in the Super Bowl are gonna be. And this is just logistics and breaking it down for the game. It's going to be the Chiefs okay. and the Packers. It's going to be the Ravens and the Bills. Like, that's going to be a good game to I watch. <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with
3: you. I think, I think that's Josh
0: Allen a and Lamar Jackson, that's going, be a, that's going to be a good show. I think that's yeah. going to be a good game to watch. I do I favor in that matchup the Bills over Lamar Jackson. By three. It's going to be a close game. Uh, What else? Who else? Chiefs. Brown, are you giving think, are you giving
1: Brownson uh, a hope to beat Mahomes? Or do you think they'll put up some points?
0: Well, they got
4: Chubbs. They got no, Hunt. I
0: love I love Brownson. I love her. I love you to death, Callie. I do. I think Chubb and Hunt will have to roll those feet every down for the yep. Browns to pull off an upset upset. Because what I don't think the big play will happen. I think it'll have to be run it down their throats. You're gonna have to stop the run. Chubbs? And and Kareem Hunt will have to really show up for this to to be upset. If that does not happen, they lose. Absolutely, they lose. And they lose by like
1: Would you be shocked, Tony, (laughs) if the Browns pull it off? If somehow they come and pull it off?
0: Not how this is going. Not how this is going. No. They are playing like we haven't been here before. So we are here to freaking stay. So, no, would I love to see them win? That's the dang gone looping. Why? Because I'm, rooting they deserve
1: for, I'm rooting for her, and I'm <laughs> rooting for them. Because if they stick to the run Absolutely. game, oh, my God. If they stick to the run oh, yeah. game,
0: That's they could it. do well. If they run, hunt, and chubs, we win, they win the game. Those yes. guys could, could pull it off. They could pull off an upset. I um, mean,
1: their defense is still pretty decent. It's not stout, but it's decent enough to put pressure on my homes and really maybe contain
0: but you gotta think that last game was just insane. That like they had twenty one okay. points in the first quarter. It was just big play after big play after big play. So, I mean I don't know that, that would happen again. Um but no, if they might have not. a good run. A run yeah, if they have a good running situation for four quarters, they're gonna they to put the Chiefs on pins and needles if they run it down their throats. I know that.
1: So right, yeah, that's so what do you say
0: on if, that? Who else we got? What do you
1: say of Brady? Versus Breeze. This is kind of like the end of their career mentality. I think Breeze. I think Breeze is probably going to be done. Brady maybe another season or two. But this was this is a good weekend Brady. matchup for them. Yeah, I, I'm taking. TV I got 12 Brady. All the
0: way. Yeah. I got. I love Coach Lowe. I love everything that's happening over there between the matchup with Brady Evans, Godwin, and Antonio Brown. Let's roll that all day. I am going to depend on that matchup with those receivers to happen. 'Cause he has a solid picking of receivers to throw it to. Brady I mean, operates well. When under they picked that. up Gronk
1: they picked up Gronk and then they brought Antonio <laughs> right? Brown in. That was a game changer. That was a game changer right there.
0: Yeah, I'm favoring the Bucks. Um but not by much. I'm, Let's I'm not you. get it twisted. It will be a very yeah. close game. It may it yeah. may be like a three point game. You know, it won't be like a, a butt kick game. But I, I think they'll yeah. pull it off. And yeah, I uh, I think between the Rams and the Packers.
1: I know you're going Rams. Come Rogers. on, Tony.
0: Oh. No, I gotta I gotta me. take. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know why? Oh. You know why I say Rogers? I got 899 coming. 80, 99 he's Tony. 899 coming for receiver him. Receiver he has with that Devonte Adams and Jalen Ramsey matchup, he's gonna throw to everyone else and capitalize. That's all I know. Uh, I, hope you know I hope it doesn't us. happen. Hope you know how Aaron Rodgers does. I hope it doesn't go happen. He's going to work in, on, on tired folks in the second half with everyone else but the key matchup.
1: Jared Goff better show up. and so I got to <laughs> say. Pass <fast laughs> them or not. I, know.
0: <laughs> I hope so. But I, I just, I'm just calling it as I think I know it.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm not going to uh, – next week I will – I already wrote it down here. Tony Fuller took Packers. Tony Fuller took Phil. I already got it down. I circled it. We're good. I'm We're sorry. good. I'm sorry.
0: I just got to go in my hunch with these matchups. It's about key matchups you one these quarterbacks. Yeah, no. know. We're good. You know.
1: All right. I, I appreciate you coming in because I really wanted just to just kind of dive into your uh, mindset in terms of the state of the game. I think it's going to be interesting for you to be in an Alabama – Uh, elevating the Alabama fire. They were a really good team last year. I mean, they weren't, like, you know, one of the top teams, but they were in the middle of the pack. And, obviously, they can only get better with your guidance and with the coaching staff you have. And you had some talented players there as well. I'm pretty sure they're itching to get back on the field and, like you said, prove to the rest of the league that they're obviously someone to, to, you know, compete with.
0: Hey, it will happen. It will happen. Watch this unfold, Oscar. Watch it unfold, Oscar. Thank you for uh, talking to me tonight. It's always a pleasure to talk to you.
1: No, my pleasure is mine. I'm, I'm just talking to you. I'm I a mean, pioneer <laughs> in the sport. Always, always a pleasure to talk to you. And, and thank you for making the time. I know it's short notice and you're up late doing your thing with everything else. But I really, really appreciate it. So looking forward to WNFC 2021 in Alabama. And thanks for the divisional round picks. And uh, looking forward to next, this coming weekend to see what it sounds out. Then go Browns. It's really where I'm at. Go, Browns. You know, Hopefully, they pull it off.
0: I'll sit with you on that. Let's go, Browns. All right, Browns. You have, have a, a great night, night, Tony.
1: Thank you for coming in. I really appreciate it. All right, see ya. So, uh, that was the pioneer, Tony Fuller, 2017 Team USA champion, as well. And uh, she's on the board. So, Nate, there it is. Uh, she didn't take my Rams. But uh, she's taking the pack. She's taking the bills. She's uh, anticipating a good matchup against the Chiefs. And she's she just can't go against TV-12.
6: Well, most of those are okay. I, I'm with you there on the the Rams thing. That, that was a little bit of a, a, a raw run. I love the bad taste uh, in your uh, mouth. I know. I just know. a little. I feel it. <laughs> I, I think bad. you
1: lost your voice because of that. Did you lose your voice because of that? Or did you get it back? I got it back. All right. Uh, so, Nate, what do you think? I mean, she got her picks. What are you thinking? Are you thinking my Rams can pull it off? Or are you thinking Rodgers, as she says, is going to probably make it happen for the Packers?
6: Personally, I like the Rams to uh, end the road for the Packers. So that's my pick there. Uh uh-huh. I know I You're have with quite McKenzie a few friends.
3: That's that.
6: great. Yeah, yeah, I have quite a few people. I'll hang me for that. But uh, no, Rams are my pick. Um, I I am never on the side of Brady. I'm always against him. So there's that. Uh, Browns. Oh, go Browns. Um, I think it could
1: be done. Do you think it could I, be done? It could be done. Right?
6: it could
3: be if done. Right? If they run
1: the ball, as he says, if you run the ball, Stay efficient on the passing short passes. Don't make Makefield win the game. I think they can't surprise Mahomes.
6: I'm more than certain they can. We saw that with. I mean, we saw what happened when the running game got going against Pittsburgh. I don't see why it can't work against Mahomes and the um, the Chiefs. And then, yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm with uh, that. As as much as. As much as I love my East Coast birds, I gotta go Bills. They impressed me so much this past weekend that I just I got hope for them. It's been you can a long time. Win.
1: You can win with the one man show in Jackson only, and I think that's really what that is. Where I think versatility is on the Bill side because he's got a lot right. more uh, weapons to work with, and I, I really
6: agree with you there. Exactly.
1: All right, so Drew Brees for you, oh, uh, New Orleans taking down Tampa Bay. Then you are uh, you're taking the Browns in the upset. I'm going for the Browns, no matter what. I'm just I'm just going to root for the Browns at this yep. point. I, I think they can pull yep. it off. Uh, I, I agree with you with Buffalo, and I disagree with the uh, I disagree with Tony on uh, the Rams. Uh, you know, the, the Packers being the Rams. I think the Rams will pull it off. Right. All right. So golf better show up. That's all I gotta say. Show up. Oh, yeah. Double double tape that thumb if you have to, buddy. Seriously, just double tape it. Just do your job. Show up. A D A 99, if he shows up, he shows up. All right. Um, You guys, don't forget to go to monkey95.com. Check it out, Monkey 95 Contest. Uh, basically, revolve on whether or not players will uh, achieve a certain benchmark. NBA, NFL, and uh, NHL coming up soon as well. Sure, you go to monkey95.com. Use the code NJF. So, really want to thank everybody that's gone to monkey95.com and signed up because uh, it's been an amazing experience. Uh, we've been with them for what almost what sixty days now, Nate. And so, in sixty days, you guys have done a great job. Uh, a lot of the uh, props and everything else that's happening on monkey Five, Some of the states don't allow it, so I I'm totally was, you know, got messages from everybody going, "Hey, it doesn't. It, they don't allow it in my state, so I'm really sorry I didn't line in your state." But for those of you that you know, are in a state that does allow it. You know, sign up, you get a nice uh, five dollar gameplay, up to a fifty dollar deposit match, and you can play and, and win some win some money there. If you're really good and skillful, you can try the more or less. There's different formats in there as well, so check it out. Mikeandknifeart.com and use code NJF. And Mikeandknifeart is one of our sponsors, supporter of women's tackle football, and obviously our podcast as well. All right, uh, Nate, uh, we got action in uh, Texas, the Texas Valley. Sports Women's League kicked off the January uh, week one. So you can go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash great beauties. Check out the uh, highlights there from the South Texas Cobras taking on the Cor- Corpus Christi Sharks. You also had the South Texas Generals, multi time champions in various other leagues. They fall to the Coastal Bend Legion, which were in the IWFA last year at eight to six. And then on top of that, you had the River City Warriors fall to the Kims, Kingsville Empire, 32-0. Uh, to zero. So we, we got week uh, two coming up here. We'll keep tabs on them in terms of the results and any updates in terms of highlight two matchups. And then uh, two weeks from today, uh, Opal Bowl in Gridiron, New South Wales. And uh, so this coming week, it's going to be January 16th. Sydney Uni Lions will take on the UTS Giants as well as the uh, Central Coast Sharks. Uh, with our girl out there Aliyah karmali and they'll be taking on the unsw raiders with our girl renee Hahn. so pretty uh pretty uh interesting action as the uh aussie swing comes back into play uh, nsw has two weeks to play uh great west has a whole month to play so it's going to be pretty interesting to cover the next uh
6: you know three weeks and plus the next six weeks It's going to be fun. It's going to be entertaining. And I, I just, you know, every time we talk about the, 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 the teams down under, it's always, there's always something fun. Like We're just talking about, you know, de- defending champs and upsets. It, there's always something different every week that just adds another element of excitement to, to what they do down there.
1: All right, you guys. Um, so the schedule for Gridiron West, uh, there was one game that was postponed due to COVID because one of the Swan City Titans players, um, tested, uh, tested positive, so they forfeited the game. Uh, Rockingham Vipers get the win 7-0 to over the Swan City. And then it was Corton Saints uh, defeated by the Perth Blitz, 38-24. Perth in really good shape right now, a, uh, looking for a playoff berth. Coming up here week 10, January 16th, we are going to have the Battle of Perth. The Broncos taking on the Perth Blitz. So it's going to be a battle of the city of Perth. Really good clash so we'll get highlights, and hopefully we'll get some still photos as well out there in Gridiron West. And then the Curtain Saints will be taking on the West Coast Wolverines. Uh, Saints obviously coming off their uh, loss here against Perth Blitz. So hopefully they can rebound as well, or we'll see West Coast maybe uh, you know get a big win uh, versus the Saints, which I doubt. The Saints have been playing pretty good ball all season long. Um, Nate... Uh, Anticipation for this weekend, I mean they did i mean besides the surprise in the super weekend, I mean the super weekend was kind of surprising uh, I think Cleveland was probably the most shocking you know out of all of the the games
6: right it, by far by far um it was it was one of those games where it was kind of like okay you know the the run was great, they made the playoffs, and then just you blink and you miss it It's 28, nothing in only the first quarter. And they just stopped. They had, you know, a couple of bumps here and there, but it was just surprising how incredibly good they looked. And I loved it.
1: And I think that combination of the run game with hunt and Chubbs that
6: really made a difference. Oh, it made a huge difference. I, I mean, you, the, the way that they are both utilized, um, I thought was, you know, it, it was it was quint- it was quintessential running game. Like you, you know, you never knew what to expect. The next they always made sure to use one or the other. They never relied on, heavily on just one person, like we saw a lot of other teams this weekend. They had those key guys. They went to they they alternated. They kept it going. They kept everybody on their feet. They kept them fresh. They. I mean, honestly, I felt they could do no wrong, and especially. Um, You know, on the ground game, they didn't really need to. They had no need to pass. That was the nice thing: is they had no need to pass. They had everything on foot between the two of them.
1: Yeah, and I think that was a key uh, to a balanced attack. And I think that's where he got off, especially with the three interceptions by uh, Roethlisberger that really put them in a bind, and it really caused them to really play from behind. And then they were just—they're not built to play from behind the whole season. they They were still struggling to get wins. And now you know you get
6: punched right in the mouth to overcome. Well, we consider. I mean, I think we talked about it before. You know, you look at the Steelers' schedule, and it wasn't really, it wasn't really anybody shocking. It, it was teams they knew and they could excel against. And like you said, once you get out of the gate and you're leading, you're. I mean, at least in their case, you're leading. They never had to play from behind. And then you know. Everybody thinks, you know, because of their history, the Browns are going to be the underdogs, but they kept growing and growing and growing over the season. And so then, you know, we get to finally see for the first time in a long time how they look in playoff mode. and They, they looked more like a season playoff team. Like, they should have the six Super Bowl trophies instead of the Steelers. That's what I saw on that field.
1: Well, I think embarrassing would be a word on one side because I think if you're Steeler Nation – the coaching staff on the other side was really shorthanded because of everything that was happening and on their side of the exactly. field. And somehow the players, the players ended up just executing. They just decided, Hey, we're going to just play for our coach who's not here or something. Cause they got, they got like, you know, in terms of a fire mode, they, they were, you know, focused and really ready to
6: go. They were, they were dialed in. In fact, you know, to, to be missing guys and perform how they did is just, I mean, uh kudos to all of them for, for stepping up in in the in the absence i and I think um one of the best comments I saw was you know it is embarrassing uh one of the best comments I saw was somebody said you know i, I understood the browns were without you know a coach and a few players i I didn't know the entire Pittsburgh team was quarantined <laughs> <laughs>
3: that was
1: good that was good <laughs> Oh my god. And that's gotta hurt. You know, you know, if you're
4: a Pittsburgh
1: if you're a Pittsburgh fan, that's gotta hurt. You're watching that? That's,
4: oh, it's a oh play like of going.
1: My God, you got Connors, you got Claypool, right? You got uh, who else you got Washington, right. you got, I mean, you got so many weapons, right? And and right. they just oh my god. It was just yeah, it was it's gotta hurt. That that gotta hurt That's right almost I felt almost as bad as when you know, when the Rams get get the beat down from the Niners tw- twice a year where it's just like we're we're supposed to be the most skillful team, and we're supposed to you know what I mean, and all of a sudden you come in and they just take care of business, you know what I mean they just put you they put you down, so yeah, pretty interesting um what did what did you think of uh the Seattle loss? Because I know you made comments on your own personal page about the fact that you know this was probably either they either the the Ram defense really did a good job on the offense or is the fact that you know, the secondary really did a good job overall against the Seahawks uh, offense, and I think that's really the key right there.
6: Oh, it was definitely the key. Uh, I, I, I think it was a combination of the fact that, you know, you're talking about, you know, you know as well as, as anybody the Rams have the number one defense in in the country, and combine that with the fact that um, the, the Seahawks offense was just completely out of sync. And it, I mean, it was it was clear from the get go. It was one of those things where it, it's constantly been talking about. And hopefully, with the fact that we just heard that um, uh, Schottenheimer was was let go, maybe the next offensive coordinator will have that balance that we can that they can get the ball rolling in the early going. Um, but with the way they struggled out of the gate, there was there was really no doubt that eventually it was going to get. Get away from them, and uh, you know. Again, kudos to 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 golf for coming in in the the injury. And I I gotta say, my thoughts are still with um with with well, the Rams. I never want to see a guy. Get, yeah, I, I never want to see a, a a guy get injured like that and be taken off. Yeah, but for 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 golf to come in and perform like he did under the circumstances, still dealing with with injuries, um, was was stellar. I mean, we, we got humbled. Uh, the Seahawks got absolutely humbled. They did not come ready to play, and it's just L.A. is one of those teams that they just they haven't fully figured out yet, and it showed in the win. It showed in, the lot, in both losses because it started with the, the loss and the win, and then I, I think they were just gassed, and the, the game plan that they used forever was just finally figured out enough that they... They're just going to keep up. So,
1: Can we do it? It happens. Nate, can we do it? Everybody on my Rams group boards are on the bandwagon now. Can we take down Rodgers, and we'll be able to take down Brady or Breeze? Can we do it? That's literally the – everybody's, like, so amped up for this, for this weekend. Take down Rodgers, then we get to face either TB12 or Drew Breeze.
6: Depends on healthy. I mean, we saw what happened in, in the in the Seattle game. You know, guys dropping like flies. But eventually, you know, most of them did come back in. A couple of them didn't. I believe they can do it. I honestly believe they can do it.
1: Step one is Rodgers. If we can get rid, yep. if we can beat Rodgers in Green Bay, uh, I think it's going to speak volumes. Golf, needs to, uh, what would you say, Nate? It's up to Goff right now to take this team on his shoulders because somebody told me on my group board on the Rams, is like when Wolford took, uh, you know, in week 17, when he took the team and he's throwing, he's swinging the balls out, you could see Jared Goff on the sideline completely just like looking like, oh, my God, you know, this guy's going to take my job, Re- reality, right? Or this offense should run this way. And, and so it's like maybe he's waking up.
6: I I I honestly would not doubt it. Uh, seeing stuff like that being on the side watching somebody else come in and dominate it will light a fire under anyone's behind. And uh, <laughs> it it's all on it's all on his shou- on Goff's shoulders. It really is. I mean, you know, who else do they have? I mean, I think they're talking about, you know, because the... we all
1: Nate, we've all criticized his instability when he play when he right. has to play in big games, he doesn't do very well in big games. And this is this is it. This is the stage for him. As one of my brand's buddies says, this is it. You can't get any bigger than versus Rodgers or versus Brady and Breeze. If you get past Rodgers, you can't get any bigger than that. This, this is like the big big time quarterbacks, right? This you got if you can beat if you can tear down and beat Rodgers and all of a sudden turn around and have to beat a Breeze or a or, or a Brady. What's going to be left? Maybe he goes up against what? A Mahomes? Right? So it's a, it's a big, right. big deal for him in, in terms of career status. If he can elevate his his, his point to where he now, you know, beats what, the, some of the elite quarterbacks in the last 10 years, if he can make that happen, then obviously people are going to see him
6: in a different light. It's, it's the – if, if, if there were ever a pinnacle make-or-break moment for anybody, this is it for Jared Goff. This right here I mean, big is Big money. We're it. paying him
1: big money. He's supposed to be the guy to take us to the to the next level. I mean, no different than Rodgers in Green Bay, no different than TB12 in Tampa Bay, right? No different than Breeze. If he wants to be mentioned in the same breath as these other, You know, these three that more than likely he's going to face. If he gets past Green Bay, he's going to face what? Legends, right? Drew Brees and Tom Brady are legends.
6: Then prove it. Prove you are worthy of being up there and sticking with them. Imagine this as if your job is truly at stake. You sat on the sidelines as your intern watched the secondary Throw you know masterpiece after masterpiece, and I'm pretty sure that lit a fire underneath you. So you want to prove you deserve to be here, then show it. Go out. That's going to happen. It.
1: If they do a balance attack uh, with Acres, if they can balance the run and give him an opportunity for the pass, it will work. If they put it all on his shoulders, exactly. I have very much. I have a lot of doubts. So um, the same thing with right. Lamar, Nate. Lamar one man show taking on Josh Allen and complimentary receivers with Beasley and Diggs, It just seems like it's a huge obstacle for the Ravens.
6: Oh, it's that. That's almost an insurmountable hurdle right there. Uh, And I think it's going to bite them. Honestly, I mean, like you said a few minutes ago, you cannot just try to put it on one man's shoulders and that's, Exactly nope. what Baltimore has been doing. It's been all on Jackson, and that's not good. No.
1: Um, I, I'm going to be watching Tampa Bay, New Orleans, because I just really want to see, you know, uh, Tom Brady move on to the next round. Is not going to be surprising. Uh, Drew Brees taking down Tom Brady, could that's surprising, right? Because Drew Brees hasn't played mm-hmm. his best ball this year, and, so, and Tom Brady seems to always play good ball in the playoffs.
6: He does, but we also saw that it, 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 if one or two tiny mistakes have been made, Washington would have had him. So, I, I mean, it's a toss-up. I mean, it, it's it's almost a gimme in playoffs based upon past experience that you know Brady can move on, but at the same time, while while Drew has not played his best ball, and we saw that even you know in in the win over over the Bears he tends to be like Brady in some ways and that as the postseason grows on, he tends to build and build and build. So it'll be an interesting matchup. I'm excited to see what happens when they face each other. Cause it's been a while and they're both, you know, getting up there. They're both still healthy though. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be an exciting game, no doubt.
1: All right. So uh, we'll get our picks in before we get out of here in a couple minutes here. Um, I'm taking my Rams over the Packers. I am taking the Bills. Uh, I'm, I want the upset in Kansas City. Uh, I'm going to take Tampa Bay. Just I just think
6: Tampa Bay will pull it off. What's your picks? I've got um, I've got Rams over Green Bay, Bills over Ravens. I, I'm going to say, gosh, I just don't like the guy. I'm going to go Tampa Bay over New Orleans because I just I don't see. I I see Brady outlasting Breeze in a number of ways, and then um I got I got Browns. Fine for yeah, I got Browns.
1: I I'm going for Browns. I just I just it's just a feel good story, right? This is a feel good story of it 2020. It totally is. This could be the in the worst catastrophe year of our history, and the Browns actually make the playoffs.
6: The warmest, what?
1: fuzziest feeling we had all year. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's just, uh, it's a feel-good story. I, I, why you, w- why would you want to go against it now that they're almost one step closer? I mean, exactly. it, it's almost like, it's almost like the golf story in a way, right? Because he's got to get past the next level. If the Browns take down right? the Chiefs, yep. then they're more likely going to face Buffalo. Isn't that? I would be like a that would be a, like a Cinderella story. Browns beating the Chiefs, taking down the AFC leader, and then they got to face the Bills and maybe take down the Bills. And then, who would? Have, oh my God! Would it be shocking to like consider uh, maybe the Browns in in the Super Bowl at this point? I mean, it's a stretch, but it could happen. Oh, can you
6: just can you just imagine?
1: Ohio would go nuts. Oh,
6: they Ohio would lose their mind.
1: Oh my God. Imagine Elizabeth Dillow right now. She's already stoked for that one win if she she would right. be in heaven. Right. <laughs> she would be in heaven. Uh all right. Indeed. Um so we're we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. <laughs> Just a little right. ahead of ourselves. <laughs> Let us let's see what they can do against Mahomes first. We'll yeah, dream let's see how that after. goes and then go from there. <laughs> yeah. Dream after. Um if you guys didn't haven't gone to the hub, have no idea where the hub is it's at Facebook.com for us, that's Gridiron Beauties. And uh, I don't know why you haven't gone to the Hub, because that's the place to be. The best network on the planet exists at the Hub. So check it out. Everything that happens in the women's game, low down, including NFL college football updates, including NFL breakdowns and predictions. Go to the Hub. You can get our latest podcast as well. Thank you, everybody, for subscribing to our podcast. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, we're making really great strides on Spotify, also on Apple, and on iHeart. And uh once again, thank you to all our North American um uh, you know fanatics that listen to us weekly and also the uh Nate, all the awesome Aussie girls, the Aussie fans out there, the Spanish uh fanatics and now in Russia as well. So all the uh Euro sw- the Euro Ooh. swing plus the Aussies. Thank you for listening every week and uh you know supporting our podcast.
6: Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. We can't do it without you guys, honestly. And yeah, check out the hub. Yeah, like Oscar said, if you haven't been there, what, honestly, what are you doing? Go check it out. Check the hub every
1: week, updates uh, weekly, updates daily. Uh, if you were at the hub, you would have known the breaking news as the WFA expands internationally, as well as the WFA had the collective agreement with She Is. So uh, the Women's Football Lions is pleased to announce they're expanding internationally in order to provide support for the growth of women's tackle football throughout the world. As Women's Tackle Football continues to grow internationally, the Women's Football Alliance is committed to helping develop the sport and increase the level of competition worldwide. By creating a unified network for communication and outreach, the Women's Football Alliance International Program will provide teams and leagues with opportunities. Uh, We'll have a unified international page uh, to have their own page where teams will be promoted and ranked on the WFA website, Uh, WFA International Competitions and Camps. Will lead, where leagues will have the opportunity to host a camp in their home country where top WFA players will volunteer as coaches at their positions and participation in the WFA Championship Weekend a Player Exchange Program, which is the creation of a database matching players interested in playing internationally during their offseason with teams offering assistance for international players to complete here in the, in the WFA season, which is very exciting to bring in international talent. Uh, WFA Partnerships. Uh, WFA international teams will have the opportunity to take an advantage of discounts and promotions offered by the official WFA sponsors and partners. On top of that, they will have access to the WFA international team coaches, which will have uh, women's football coaches Alliance membership where they'll have access to training materials and, and, a lot of other things. So Nate, this is pretty awesome. I mean, I, I messaged when, when they came out and I, I think this is a, this is a great step forward for the brand. Uh, I think it makes it legit. It gives uh, the international, uh, you know, or the national, the league internationally, an opportunity to get resources, and then having to have facilitate a means for players to come and play during the season here in the states. I think it's also
6: cool. Oh, it's super cool! Uh, when I first saw the news, it was like, you know, the the old saying, "the more the merrier." So, I mean, just. It's it's exciting to think where the future of women's football lies. It it really is, and the fact that you know we get to be along for the journey, and we get to hear these these feel good stories and see this growth is just it's tremendous. It's it's exciting, uh, and uh, I, I'm really stoked for where things go from here.
1: Yeah, and I, I think the WFA has done a really good job in the last uh, three years to really stand out. Uh, and put themselves out there in a nice, you know, in it with the nice visibility, branding, really good right. sponsors now, almost up to ten sponsors, uh, real, real nationwide, yeah. um, you know, sponsors as well. So it's not nothing local; it's all nationwide sponsors. And I think it's a, mm-hmm. it's a credit to uh, Lisa King, credit to all the the team owners uh, to do, you know, doing their part to elevate the team, the brand itself. Uh, into a, a, re- a respectable brand. And then being part of the She Is Collective, it's going to be huge for them. Uh, before we get out of here, don't forget, subscribe on Apple, iHeart, and Spotify. Don't forget to go to monkeyknifefight.com, get your $5 game up to a $50 match, and you can go right there, use the code NJF, and you can play monkeyknifefight.com in your state if it's allowed. So you get started today with NJF. And then uh, don't, don't forget, be on the watch our talented Anna Garza, no joke football athlete, Anna Garza is going to be part of x US on Telemundo starting on uh, January 26th. Check it out on our Twitter feed and our uh, also on our Facebook page. So shout out to Anna Garza. She's going to be competing with Team Famosos, famous team, Red, and she's going to be on there um, for the competition. So we wish her well and hopefully her team will win so you can catch her. Uh, weekly for the Exathlon uh, U.S. competition. Uh, it's kind of like a gladiator competition in a way, and it's going to be on Telemundo. So, Nate, uh, we're going to be watching.
6: Indeed, we will be. We'll be fun.
1: All right. So, uh, for uh, the talented Holly Custis coming in here, to give us a lowdown on college football and the uh, Super Weekend, uh, Wild Card Weekend Recap. Uh, thanks to Dale Glossinger and uh, Billy Avalos from the American Football Events coming in here and give us the lowdown on what's happening and with their calendar, as well as the Pioneer and 2017 Team USA champion Tony Fuller breaking it down for us in terms of the the anticipation for the WNFc 2021 as well. Uh, she's hoping to be on the Alabama Fire for that season to compete in on the East Coast of the WNFc, and then always Nate Ward here breaking it down for us. Uh, it's going to be a big weekend, Nate. Uh, anticipation for the divisional round is always huge, but this is going to be a, a good weekend.
6: It's going to be a stellar weekend. I, I look forward to um, everything that comes out of that. I think I, I think we've got a lot of exciting matchups that will provide some some really good games. I don't think there will be a disappointing moment the entire weekend.
1: I know we're going Browns. Uh, Callie, we're on the board. We're on the bandwagon. Go Browns against the Chiefs. Yep. That's a rod. And then go Rams against the Cheeseheads as uh, I'm on Mackenzie's yep. bandwagon with the Hater Cheeseheads. So Rams, go Rams, and go Browns. So uh, for the uh, for the absent Mackenzie Brooks, Holly Custis, and Nate Ward, Oscar Lopez here, we'll see here next week as we recap the NFL 2021 Divisional Round. So stay safe, stay COVID-free, and don't forget to subscribe on Apple, iHeart, and Spotify. Have a good night, everybody.